A Taco Bell employee loses his job because they refuse to serve English-speaking customers. Meanwhile, the WWE is now cleared of a concussion lawsuit that was filed by many former wrestlers. And the Sesame Street writer that came out to talk about Burton Ernie not quite coming out is having some more coming outs. We'll get into those in just a minute, but those stories, although very big, especially the Burton Ernie story, not quite in the range for the top 10 for this week as determined by you out there in the world. So what stories were the tops for this week? We'll let you know in just a moment for the weekly wrap-up show from ThisIsTheConversation.com, and this is for the week ending September 22nd, 2018. And welcome to the show. My name is Jay Cleveland Payne. I am the host for this year's show and the man behind the goings-ons at thisconversation.com. It is a website that asks you the question, what are the biggest stories out there in the world in the news? Not what we're telling you, and we as in me, I'm also a member of the news media doing news every single day, but not just giving out the news stories that we think are most important, things that interest us and keep the timeline going. Just all news stories. We post stories from all over the place and all over the spectrum of stories, and we give you a chance to let us know literally by a vote who, what, where, when, why, and how are the top stories for the week. Simple how we do that. We have two social media feeds that we love, our Facebook feed and our Twitter feed. We also have an Instagram feed as well, but it's harder to put the stories up there. Recaps go there all the time, but we put stories all day long, all night long, all the time via our social media on Twitter at TH underscore conversation and on Facebook at This Is The Conversation. Make sure you are following those feeds. And when you see a story pop up from various news sources, most of them, around 99% of them are all pretty cool. Every so often we get one wacky one in there, but they have wacky stories that are really interesting that are conversational. You see a story out there, you like it, you love it, you share it, you hate it, you respond to it, you reply to it. Email me personally if you want to, and we'll talk about it, especially right here on the show if we give you the top 10 stories of the week. We'll also give you the stories that didn't quite make it into the zone, the 11 through 15 to round out what are the top stories of the week and talk about one very special story, always near and dear to my heart because it basically gets no love for you at all. We call it the almost irrelevant story of the week. It's relevant to someone because someone took the time to post it, but apparently to you guys based on voting, not so much. And normally... To be a little honest, it's normally something that's posted while we're recording this. Record this on the Friday before the date is released. So for this week, it's going to be for Saturday, the 22nd of September. So record this Friday morning. It's probably something we posted very early Friday or very late Thursday that didn't get any love. So we'll see how that works out for you this week as well. So without further ado, let's get to the top 10 stories, starting from 10, going to 1, as determined, as we said, by you and social media. Headline for story number 10 reads, Almost 200,000 without power as Hurricane Florence lashes North Carolina's coast. Posted on Friday, September 14th, as the eye of the storm was essentially hitting land and staying there for a few days. Of course, there's still remnants of Florence, who it's still a tropical storm, I think, I believe, seven days later, uh, still going through the coast and still dealing with stuff and lots of rain and water that was churned up from the area. Oddly enough, that had dealt with plenty of rain leading up to the storm. Uh, it's causing issues. That headline was from a story that's still posted essentially as is, which was a running update from ABC News where we got that. 
the final tally or the larger tally of people without power after the storm mostly cleared was around a half a million people in the general area of the Carolinas, some Virginia folks as well. And of course, plenty of places still dealing with cresting, which has not began in some areas at this moment, this seven days after the storm hit land. There's a couple of days or so until some places in the northern parts of Carolinas and Virginia will actually crest. So there's still lots of danger going on, a lot of displaced people, a lot of action going on. There are plenty of places out there you're hearing about donating for storm victims and storm relief. It's a very big thing and a very real thing. If you find one of those things and your heart moves out to you, then um, give a few bucks towards those efforts. Trust me, those people dealing things can make a little bit of money go a long way. And while some people get skeptical on these sorts of action actions, when these things happen, you'll know the reputable ones from the not so reputable ones. And you'll be able to choose one you can give to. If you just know a church group locally where you are, who's giving directly to someone else, you should trust your church. You should trust your church and they should probably have the means to make things happen on that end. Let's move on to the number nine story this week. A bump in response from the 10 story of 15.17%. This one posted on Tuesday, September 18th. It was actually the highest ranked Facebook story of the week. And it's a low ranking for the Facebook stories. And it probably would have a bigger Twitter ranking if we went with the original headline. We PG'd it quite a bit to go with that. But Twitter, or sorry, Facebook still took the lead on this one. It got a lot of Twitter response, not as many as the bigger ones. There were a lot of instant stories. We'll get to why that happened in some of the housekeeping. Here's the headline we posted. Stormy Daniels' tell-all book on Trump, full disclosure, offers salacious details and claims of cheating plus word on Trump saying he didn't want to be president. We doctored that a bit, so that that really didn't change the story. The story we pulled was from The Guardian. So, of all places, that was there. Then it had the tamest the tamest headline from there. What, how we found this was the the trending of Mario Kart all day and, of course, eventually Toad. Uh, a few lines from the Guardian story. In a tell-all memoir, the pornographic actor Stormy Daniels details salacious details of her time with Donald Trump, wonders if he is fit to be president, and claims that he offered to cheat for her in his reality TV show. A copy of the book, Full Disclosure, was obtained by The Guardian. In it, Daniels described her mounting disbelief as Trump began to win primary contests in 2016 for the Republican president nomination from her castmates, whom she had not heard from in years, but who have heard her story about sleeping with Trump in 2006, would call her up to marvel at the news. So that's a quick line there, but it gets really, really deep and detailed. And as we said, what really had this thing going on, and oddly enough, was sort of mentioned or mentioned around in the news reports was the full details of the book. It's called Full Disclosure, and it's basically a shortish story of her life. A quick read with a big chunk of things about full disclosure of her time and the effects of the Donald Trump effect on her life. It talks about the actual encounters of sex, how they came about, how just weird they were. And, of course, Donald Trump's penis is shaped like the Toad character from Mario Kart. That was the line that essentially carried on the Twitter all day. We didn't go with that one. We went with the tamer one, and the story got the legs it needed to to get through. Stormy Daniels' memoir, which is out uh, out on Tuesday, I believe. Um, books all come out on Tuesday, but a lot of people were talking about it. I don't I believe it's still pre-press and all the things that happened kind of gotten away, but I believe it comes out this upcoming Tuesday officially, and you get your hands on full disclosure and get the full disclosure for yourself. 
Okay, moving on to the eight story this week. The headline we have is former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort will plead guilty in federal court and forfeit many of his assets, according to a court filing this morning signed by Special Counsel Robert Mueller. Very long headline from ABC News where we got the story there. Uh, This one is a bumper response, just a slight one, 1.23% from the Stormy Daniels story. Let's read a couple lines from the ABC News story as it is, and then we'll get into some of the things that we know happened as it progressed. Paul Manafort, the one-time campaign chairman to President Donald Trump, has agreed to fully cooperate with prosecutors and plead guilty to two counts of conspiracy in a federal courthouse on Friday, a dramatic shift coming to the end of a special of a second trial. In court Friday morning, prosecutors revealed that Manafort had completed a successful meeting with investigators in which he offered them information they considered valuable. They did not specify what information he agreed to share, but made clear the cooperation would be, quote, broad, unquote, and would include participation in, quote, interviews, briefings, producing documents, and testifying other measures. Quote, you understand that you are agreeing to cooperate fully and truly in this agreement? The judge asked. Manafed replied, I do. Special counsel, press, counsel prosecutor Andrew Wiseman told the court Manafort's, quote, proffer sessions and, corp- and cooperation led us to today. A lot of stumbling on quotes, but that's essentially where they were on Friday. As we said, this story was posted by us in social media on Friday, September 14th, uh, mostly middle of the day where, where we got the news for it. What it's turned into is Paul Manafort is actually getting out of a lot of the trials, a lot of the charges that he, won was hung on for his first trial, and two, we'll get some lesser time on some of the things he actually got convicted on and he pled to some things straight up on the second trial saving the taxpayers some money saving us all some grief and saving him essentially some jail time paul manafort will get some jail time that's going to happen but he's not going to go to jail for 80 something odd years uh as expected he'll get some time something will happen he gets to save some of his assets he did give up plenty of houses and a good chunk of money uh whatever the seasonness of that happens who knows but we don't know what exactly he has to say yet which is how these things work we're not supposed to know until a bigger case now you get the smaller fish to get to the bigger fish whether they're going for a true conspiracy against donald trump whether they're going for something just kind of mid-level We don't really know, but they don't make deals unless they expect to get something from it. And they got some stuff, at least in the way of some assets and whatnot so far, from Mr. Manafort. Let's move on to the number seven story. Spring Hill Entertainment releases Team for Space Jam 2 Wednesday, September 19th on that one. And the world is buzzing that one. Bumping response from the eight story of 8.94%. Space Jam 2, which has been rumored, is no longer a rumor. There are peeps behind the whole Meal. Okay, so it, the tease that was actually released was an image on Twitter, essentially the tweet about it, which has four names, uh, four spots, uh, one jersey, actually a couple jerseys in it, but four names in a basketball locker room. B Bunny, number one, is the point guard. L James, number 23, as a small forward. T Nance, number 20, as director. And R Kugler, number 21, as producer. So you've got the team behind Space Jam ready, which, of course, must have Bugs Bunny, has LeBron James, who's, spe- who's put interest in it, and, of course, has been working to make this thing happen. And the team behind it to make it all happen and it works is Ryan Coogler as the producer and director Terrence Nance. They are now all in on this thing. This is a buzz through all, all Hollywood and, of course, everyone who loves the original movie and the biggest buzz, if you believe it, comes from a former star from the former movie, that being 
Jim Rome, who got to play uh, famously the uh, baseball announcer as Michael Jordan in the original was leaving basketball for baseball and just got to basically rag on Michael Jordan, which who was doing pretty horrible at the time. He, of course, made a very public plea to be in Space Jam 2. And so we'll see if he gets a return to the big team and be in Space Jam 2, uh, continuing his legacy and getting royalty checks from the Space Jam franchise. Let's move ahead, going on to the next story, which is number six. Strawberry Needle Scare, Australian probe as vicious crime widens. Monday, September 17th, posting on this one, 8.58% jump from the six, from the seven story, I should say. Uh, let me give you a couple lines on this and then go a little deeper in this. BBC is where we pull this from. Australians have ordered an investigation of the discovery of sewing needles hidden in strawberries amid growing alarm over scares across the country. Contaminated pundles, pundits have now been reported in six states and territories, a minister called a vicious crime. Punnets are essentially strawberries. One man was taken to the hospital after eating a strawberry that held a needle. Several brands have been recalled, while New Zealand's biggest grocers have stopped selling Australian strawberries as a precaution. Australian Health Minister Greg Hurt ordered a Food Safety Authority of Australia and New Zealand to investigate the scare. This is a vicious crime and a general attack on the public, he said. Local authorities are also investigating, but no suspects have been identified. So there have been cases of fruit tampering in Queensland, beginning in Queensland, and it's kind of going across the nation and nations, jumping from Australia to New Zealand, where strawberries grown in Australia, um, people or some reason, someone is sticking sewing needles in massive amounts of strawberries. It's not a one to two off thing. This is a big deal and going all over the place. And they're being offered up a award of 100,000 Australian dollars, which is about 72,000 American dollars, to figure out what's going on. And apparently, this thing still going on. It's amazing what type of people are doing what type of things. But strawberries in Australia, Australian strawberries to be exact, not the safest thing going around at the moment. Move on to the number four, five story this week. Um, and this is where it gets really interesting and really obvious that the breaking news things, the it bleeds, it leads, the shocking things really are catching people's attention. Let's start off with number five, which is ATF response to active shooter in Midland, Wisconsin. Wednesday, September 19th on this one. Jump response, 3.78% from the sixth story. Let's get you a couple lines from this one. And we're going to have a lot more ones like this that may get pretty graphic, so bear with us. Four people were shot and injured in a workplace shooting at Middleton, Wisconsin on Wednesday morning, a city about six miles outside of Madison. Two are in serious condition and one is in critical condition, according to the University of Wisconsin Health in Madison. The suspect was shot by officers after the incident at WTS Paradigm, a software company where the suspect worked, Milton Police Chief Charles Folk said at a news conference. The suspect, whose Denny was not released, was taken to the hospital where he died, Folk said. A fourth person suffered a graze-type wound, but, was that, but that was not severe. Polk said the motive is not clear. So this happened. And we got a lot more of these things that happen coming along the lines as you go into the number one. But this happened this week. We had a massive amount of these weird office shootings, mass shootings going on here in the States. Nothing on the level of a school shooting, a Parkland type thing that we had basically this time last year. But what we do have is a pretty serious bent on the issue. The issue is being played, downplayed because a lot of other Political issues are kind of in the news right now that are really important. But this is just one of the many things that we, I say we collective, we from the states dealt with this week. And we deal with 
constantly. Um, safety in the workplace, safety in general populace is a big concern. And yes, one crazy wacko can kind of go up there and ruin the whole thing for everyone. There, none of these things have some sort of terrorism bent. There's no sort of attack plan or coordination. But just the scariness of going through something like this is intense. And as we said, we have many more where that came from, starting off um, with um, another story that's not of a mass shooting type deal, but still just as disturbing. Friday, September 14th, we posted this one. Ohio school teacher accused of sexual battery. Bumper response from the number five story is 2.32%. A few lines from that story that we got off of. It was all over the place, but we got it off of a website that gives out certain news of the day recaps, sort of like what we do, uh, called Heavy, heavy heavy.com. Here are a few lines from their story. Laura Busey, a Twinsburg High School teacher in Ohio, is accused of two counts of sexual battery. Busey is a family and consumer sciences teacher. Fox Cleveland reports that police are accusing Busey of sexual battery as well as disseminating matter harmful to juveniles. Citing records, the station says that Busey, quote, did engage sexual content with the victim, unquote, and that she, quote, sent obscene materials to a juvenile, obscene images over social media, close quote on that one. The Twinsburg City School District sent a letter to parents saying that Busey had been placed on administrative leave pending investigation. Online records show that Busey is a resident of Akron. The teacher is married with three children. The Canton Repository reports that the alleged offenses took place between September 17th September 2017 and October 2017. So this was a last year deal with some students where all sorts of things were obviously off. So it's it's you have to basically go look for the story on this because it gets really deep and really, really crazy uh, into the thing. She basically started working at the high school in August of 2017 last year, and she had essentially no no good words for what she was doing or who she was teaching she didn't have any grand words for her class her kids in in general and then something like this happened you can look away you can look towards you can blame and point fingers look up the story get the real details get the full scope of what's going on and then just kind of choose your own uh, thoughts on that one Let's go to number three story. This one posted on Thursday, September 20th. 2.27% jump in response from this one. LAPD firefighters respond to school in Van Nuys after shooting. Another mass shooting. This one at a school. Luckily, not quite um, not quite as epic as some we've had over the past couple of years or so. A few lines from KTLA5 as their website. Two men are in custody after a shooting in Van Nuys left two injured and prompted the house hour-long lockdown of a nearby charter school Thursday afternoon, according to Los Angeles Police Department. Officers responded to her after receiving a report of shots fired at 6800 block of Van Nuys Boulevard shortly after 12.10 p.m., LAPD Sergeant Barry Montgomery said in an afternoon news conference. The location is across the street from Champs Charter School, but the shooting not place on campus, Montgomery emphasized. When police arrived, they discovered two victims identified only as a male student and a female school employee, she said. Both were transported in stable condition, according to Los Angeles Fire Department Chief Trevor Raymond. Sky 5 aerial video over the campus showed two patients conscious and sitting upright as they were wheeled away on gurneys towards awaiting ambulances. Friends identified the student victim as 11th grader Harper Maloney and said he was shot in the leg. Maloney posted a video on social media from his hospital bed assuring friends he's going to be okay. Maloney's friend, Marvin Chong, said he witnessed the moment he was shot. Quick quote from that. 
I just let one of my friends, I just I just see one of my friends, and he's crossing the street, and he just got shot, Chong told KTLA. Two gunshots, everyone hears, and everyone just froze for a second. Like, what the hell is going on? And it's more eyewitness stuff on that one. So this one didn't turn out to be a very deep and detailed deal, but shootings all over the place are kind of a big thing, and school shootings are kind of big things, or near school shootings in this case. Uh, so it turned into something much bigger than it, it probably should have been. It should have happened in the first place. Well, I'll try to stay out of the commentary for this week on that one, but we have a problem with people, not guns. Guns are a part of the problem, but the people wielding the guns are the actual problems. We'll see what we can do about that saving ourselves at some point in time. Let's go to the number two story for this week. And oddly enough, we have a story that's a media story. That's a media, like bringing up media story. We had a lot of things breaking this week uh, of new stories or new movies or new TV shows and new spins on things. This one is the Red Sonja movie, Back on Track, with Brian Singer as director. We have this posted on Monday, September the 17th. It lasted that long. It's a big story. Pretty big, not quite the biggest Twitter impression. The number one story is the big Twitter impression. So let's read a few lines on this one. We got this from film, uh, slash film.com, the blog that checks out on film. A few lines from this. The long-delayed Red Sonja is apparently finally happening, now with Brian Singer directing. Singer is reportedly in talks to direct the story of the female warrior created by writer Roy Thomas and artist Barry Windsor Smith for Marvel Comics in the 1970s. Singer has had several scandals following him throughout the years and was recently fired from Bohemian Rhapsody, and yet his career persists. So it's more about Brian Singer, more or less, but let's jump ahead and get more on this one. Millennia has been trying to get Red Sonja movie out for on the ground for a decade. 2008, Douglas Akransky was tapped to direct a Red Sonja movie produced by Robert Rodriguez and starring Rose McGowan. There were even posters created for the film. After the version didn't happen in 2011, saw Megan Fox in the running the star, but that version never happened. After that, Con Air director Simon West was rumored to be a possible director with Amber Heard starring. The project continued to swirl in development hell all the way back to 2015 when Christopher Cosmos was hired to write a new script. Following that, all activities ceased. Earlier this year, word broke that Ashley Edward Miller, who wrote X-Men First Class, would now be handling script duties. So we'll see if this thing actually comes around, but it looks like Brian Singer, who has his own problems, may not have one of those problems being the job because it looks like he has the job of getting Red Sonja out. If you remember the original Red Sonja movie, which starred Bridget Nielsen and Arnold Schwarzenegger, not as Conan, but sort of as Conan, it was, um, for the times, which was filled with big, heavy, muscular Conan movies, a pretty big deal. Now those types of stories are, I guess, coming back into function and shape. People are going more into the fantasy well of things. We'll see if Red Sonja, this version, if it comes about, is a good version. Now let's get to the top story for the week. This was a top Twitter story for the week. This gets a bump of response from the number 10 story this week, which was, of course, uh, the power being out after North Carolina deals with Florence. A bump of response of 80%. It gets a bump of response from the almost irrelevant story this week. Oh, by the way, our almost relevant story this week is listed as number 142. 142 separate different stories we posted this week. 2,440%, and of course, a bump response from just the number two story. Uh, it's only there about 15%, 15.5% there or so. The headline, 
Police are currently responding to a reported shooting incident in Perryman area of Hartford County, Maryland. Pardon for the bad reading on that one, but let's get a couple of things from the updated story that we pulled from WMAR Baltimore, Channel 2 ABC there in Baltimore. Dateline Aberdeen, Maryland. Three people were killed and three were injured by a female shooter at the Right Aid Distribution Center in Aberdeen Thursday morning. The shooting occurred at a Right Aid support facility where roughly 1,000 employees work. The Hartford County Sheriff Jeffrey Gabar says the suspect is dead after shooting herself in the head with a 9mm Glock handgun she purchased legally. The shooter was identified as Snatcha Mosley, a 26-year-old Baltimore County woman. She was a temporary worker at the distribution center. Sheriff Geller said she had one gun and multiple magazines on her when she came to work at 9 a.m. and then fired shots at other employees. Some victims were taken to John Hopkins Bayfield Hospital. Three were expected to survive. Two died at the scene. One person died at the hospital. According to a doctor of the hospital, each victim had a single gunshot wound around the torso area. Two patients who are stable may be released after Thursday afternoon. This, of course, happened then. This was a disturbing one because, as we said, there was so many breaking news, breaking things happening all week, and this one became it's just kind of the crescendo of a week that was just weird for us here uh, dealing with these stories in the States. In a week where the news here was dominated by uh, the Kavanaugh hearings for his possible ascent to the Supreme Court and the the back and forth on the allegations by uh, Ms. Blasey Ford, who said about 20, about 30 years ago, she was had a sexual um, she had a very bad encounter with Mr. Kavanaugh. That's the best way to put it there. And how it's coming out now and why now and how it's going to happen, things are going to happen. We're going to have some sort of hearing on Monday where somebody will talk about something and we believe that Judge Kavanaugh will just go ahead and get the a nomination. These, this, it, it's, it's a crazy week where that's been the real story, the real headline for the last week in our lives here in the States being covered by political news and just news in general. But all these other things were happening, and we're glad we had a chance to see what caught your attention with all the other stories we had. As I said, 142 stories this week, and those were the top 10 for the week ending September the 22nd, 2018. You made this happen by just following us on social media. This is a conversation.com is our main website for information about how things work out. But... You went to TH underscore conversation or this is a conversation on Facebook and followed our feed there. Look for stories there. And we're glad you did. Your responses to those stories you just heard me list there in the top 10 are the biggest stories of the week. So thank you for letting us about know about that one. Coming up in a second, we will round out the top 15, tell you the stories that weren't quite heavy enough to get into the top 10. We'll talk about that almost relevant story of the week. Do some housekeeping, explain a couple things that why or why not things may have happened. And, of course, shout-outs. That's coming up in just a second here on the weekly wrap-up show from this is a conversation.com. It's for the week ending September the 22nd, 2018. I have stopped singing the praises of Cloud9 Living. I'm done. Completely over it. No more. No more grateful words from me on Cloud9 Living. Because I have grateful words from actual customers who have their own great words. These are some of the five-star reviews that came down just in the past couple of days. Simple and easy to find gift ideas. Easy to negotiate through. The website is easy to use. 
easy peasy, user friendly. Just just quick quotes like that tell you exactly what you need to know about Cloud9 Living and why I don't have to tell it to you. These people do. Go to the review sites and look. Uh, constantly rated at at least four stars. These are just some of the five-star reviews. A trust score of 8.9% from Trustpilot. That's something pretty heavy to keep up with. And keeping up with what they got going on is pretty heavy as well. Their excursions are amazing. Whatever you can think of, they probably have a package for it to do whatever you want. Some of the popular ones include driving, flying, cruises, golf, tours, date night adventures, and much, much more. Some go a little bit crazy. Some are nice and calm and peaceful. And the best thing is, if you don't want to go on the excursion yourself or can't think of where you want to go at the moment, you can just buy a gift card and have it in the waiting or give it to a person to have the excursion they want to have on their own. Go to our website, This is a conversation dot com slash cloud nine with numeral nine this is a conversation.com slash cloud nine for a great deal on your purchase of gift cards and check out all the great things they have going on for your life and your adventurous vacation at cloud nine living ghost stories unsolved mysteries and other stories of the strange and bizarre I'm Darren Marlar, the host of Weird Darkness. I'm always looking for stories of the paranormal, macabre, supernatural, dark, and creepy. Stories from you. Sit back, turn down the lights, and come with me into the Weird Darkness. Every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday at WeirdDarkness.com. Let's knock out the shout-outs really quickly for all those great folks out there. A lot of great folks out there who are interacting with us on Facebook and Twitter. A couple that popped up that are as honorable mention as we can. We can't get everybody in every week, of course. We've got some shout-outs on Facebook, starting off with Alicia Wolf, also Charles Johnson, Richie Satin in as well again, uh, Sarah Wilson, Kate Barnett as well. A lot of big-time names and a lot of same names over, so we love to hear responses from you guys. Uh, we're looking for some newer responses, and we're going to start incentivizing. That means giving away stuff to get some more people responding to more things. On the Twitter side, we also have some great names and people involved with what's going on as well, contributors for the Twitter side, people who are looking and doing things on Twitter include Kania Suzette, also Damien23, CJ Johnson, Bad Weather Farm, just Lori. All you need is one name, apparently, just Lori. Ben Pierce, another one there as well. Thank you so much for responding to what's going on inside of what we got going on. Whether you are on the plus side or the minus side of the stories, like we said, the stories are things that seem like they're conversational, and we're glad you're just jumping in on the thing. So let's get to very quickly any any housekeeping things that are going on. And not a lot of housekeeping going on this week. A lot of things were pretty much straightforward. We had no super stories this week. We did have a lot of Florence-related stories that floated down below the 15 mark. So there was no need to add anything in there to make it make any impact. It was in the top 10 there. And in fact, the story that we had in the top 10 was one of the two super stories that we had. One when Florence was basically made Cat 5, the other one it made Landfall. Uh, we updated you on the story itself up to about a million, half a million people without power because of Florence. Uh, but the one story with a little extra add-on to just it being posted on Friday lasted long enough to be in the top 10 this week. And this just it just is what it is where we had all these stories about shootings this week because they all happened 
So we reported on them. We put them out there for you guys to respond to, and you did respond to them. They did get a lot of love. And with the current format of the show, where in the past we had the extra time to kind of go through just some random stories that didn't quite make it into the hit, uh, we're focusing on the ones that are really in target and are important. Obviously, the top 10, the top 15, 11 through 15 to tell you what didn't quite make it in, and the almost irrelevant give you the scope of where the top went to the bottom went. So we're not going to add too much stuff because now that I'm just rambling about stories much more, this, this podcast is obviously getting much longer and getting a little longer than I think. So we're going to try to get back on the brevity kick. We'll work on that fairly soon. Uh, all that stuff is going on as well. We do have a couple of housekeeping things to let you know on the side of what we're doing. We're doing some rebranding. No major changes, but we're trying to make everything more consistent. And what we're finding is when you don't grab all of your names at once, you end up missing some names out there in the process. So everything isn't owned by us at the moment. We're working on it in bits and pieces to try to maintain things or things as best as possible, as close as possible. But we do have the email address, which is theconversationinbox at gmail.com. Yes, we should just buy it with the domain name, but just bear with us where we're doing our best that we can and sometimes that is exactly what we can do we also have the instagram account which you said we don't get a, a place to put a lot of things but links to the podcast links to various things and essentially every day every day when we get a chance to get in there we do have the top five midday conversation headlines those are also posted on Facebook and Twitter in picture form because Instagram needs the pictures. Of course, this is the conversation.com is the website. It's going to be there as long as we can keep that going and make sure that everything else falls in line with what we have going on. So let's go ahead and wrap things up with first the almost irrelevant story of the week. That one is listed for you, and all of us actually, at 142. So 142 different stories we had this week, not including some of the promo stuff, including the top fives of the days. Headline is referee shortage impacting high school, junior high sports in Texas. And even though Texas and football are hand in hand, football rules the Texas world, especially uh, high school football, believe it or not. It's a problem when you don't have enough people to be the referees. You don't have enough referees in the state of Texas to keep up with the demand of football. Even though a lot of places, a lot of states are seeing football drop, football is basically stable in, in Texas. And what we're not seeing is enough referees to keep some of the competitions going. Hopefully they'll find a way to use this article and other things there to recruit more people to be referees. It's not the easiest thing to do. And if you've yelled at a referee before, you probably know it's not the easiest thing to do. So that is the almost irrelevant story of the week. As we said, it's listed as number 142. So 142 different distinct stories, although, as we said, a lot of them in the we said a lot of them in the housekeeping section were a bunch of different Florence updates here or there. And sometimes we do have different perspectives on some stories and that happens every so often we'll see two stories, two different sides pop in there. Uh, we'll explain those when it come around there. Let's get into the almost in their stories, the top 15, 11 through 15, rounding those out. Starting off with this week's number 11 story. The headline from there is Justin Bieber's mom says love wins after her son weds Haley Baldwin. Posted on September the 16th, that was a Sunday, 2018. In this story, we have the love that is Justin Bieber's for Haley Baldwin and vice versa, as they apparently secretly got married and then told the world about it in various different things, or at least publicists told the world about it in various different things. Haley 
Well, not Haley's mom's, but Justin's mom says it's all good. They love each other. Life is grand. Number 12, Taco Bell employee fired for refusing to serve English-speaking customer. That posted on Saturday the 15th, and this one may need a little bit more explanation, not just love wins. So we'll read a couple lines from the story we pulled from Fox News. A Spanish-speaking Taco Bell employee in Florida was let go by the fast food chain after a video circulated on social media this week showed her refusing to serve an English-speaking customer. The video shows the employee at the restaurant Helene location appearing to become annoyed when customer Alexandra Montgomery tried to place her order in English. That's what it is. Literally, a person rolled up to Taco Bell, tried to give the order, and because the customer, the customer service person, the person at the window, if you will, spoke Spanish, could not figure it out and work there. That person was fired. You can take your thoughts on that one any way you want to, but that is a story as it was presented. Another story as presented, WWE cleared in concussion lawsuit filed by former wrestlers. This is the number 13 story this week. Uh, quick lines on that one. Go from there really quickly. The WWE earned a key legal victory on Monday afternoon as a Connecticut district court dismissed all lawsuits against the organization regarding their, quote, alleged lack of protection when it came to performers in regards to their health, unquote, reports PWI Insider. PW Insider, I should say. Poorly read that one. Led by plaintiff and former wrestler Joe Road Warrior Animal Larnartis, the suit brought by 53 plaintiffs claimed that WWE, along with WWWF and WWE, its previous names, did not provide inadequate protection for its performers in relation to concussions, CTE, and head trauma injuries. This is a big deal now because we've learned so much about concussions and bumps to the head that it's becoming an issue for all sports. We had a story today, of course, about the shortage of college or high school football referees, but there is a shortage of high school football players and now coming soon college and pro players of the quality, if you will, because less kids are playing football because of the fear of concussions early on and even later on. Uh, this has been a big deal for professional wrestling for a while, where some of these guys have been basically beating up their bodies for 20, 30 years to have no insurance, no way to take care of themselves, and serious mental issues and other physical ailments when they are all done on the ring. And so this very big lawsuit that was put forth by the WWE and all its past iterations and names officially kicked out by the courts. Good win, big win for Vince McMahon. We'll see how you think on that one as well. Now moving to the 14th story, Trump orders Carter Page, Bruce Orr documents declassified. Here's where the story goes really weird and, and sideways. Donald Trump, in order to sort of break away from some of the stuff that's going on with the Russia investigation, the Russia thing, if you will, ordered some documents that were relating to some people who are implemented in this thing declassified. That way the public could know what's going on and the public could see maybe there is a witch hunt. Maybe they're looking for things that aren't there. However, comma, Donald Trump ordered the particular documents declassified against some of the um, better judgment of his advisors. And without actually reading the actual documents that were there, he just basically said, yeah, put this thing up about Carter Page there. Put this thing up Bruce over there. It's pretty cool. I don't I don't need to read it. It will prove my point. We'll see if it proves his point or if the point gets proven. And the number 15 story this week, one I thought would make me maybe bounce up high enough into the top 10. Not quite getting there, though. Sesame Street writer hints Burton and Ernie are a loving couple. This story got very, very, very weird, very, very, very quick 
If you thought talking about Toad from Mario Kart was inappropriate, talking about the allegedly gay Muppets got really bad really, really, really quickly. Now, a statement coming from the Sesame Street people, the the Sesame Street people, state that Bert and Ernie are not lovers. Bert and Ernie are puppets. They do not have any sexual orientation because they're puppets. They're not even characters. They're not even people. So Bert and Ernie are really good friends as characters. They don't have any sexual orientation because they can't have sex because they're puppets. Now, a writer from Sesame Street basically said Bert and Ernie were based off a couple that he knew of two guys and their affection for each other, and it turned into a sort of thing that turned into the personalities for the puppets. As we said, the Sesame Street people say no dice. That's not how it goes. They, they're just two puppets. Don't get it twisted. Don't throw that in your head. You won't, we don't need any more crazy Sesame Street rumors. Bert and Ernie, for the final time, are not a gay couple. And that's it for not quite the final time for the show, but for the final story for the week, uh, rounding out the top 15 stories for the week ending September the 22nd, 2018. I am Jay Cleveland Payne. Remember, share this podcast with friends, enemies, lovers, strangers, and just, you know, randomish people if you had to come upon them. Let them know that this is the best podcast in the world because I said so, and that our conversations and social media are even better, which make this podcast so good. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation. Follow us on Facebook at This Is A Conversation, and make sure you actually have us so we can come up in your feeds. And as our stories pop up or stories that we post from other people pop up in our feed, like, love, share, hate, respond, do whatever you want to to the actual story in the posting. But the more you do to it, if you will, the more points it gets, the more score gets higher. And at the end of the week, we put it in a spreadsheet, the compilations and computions and blah, blah, blahs. And we get you the top 10 stories as said per you. So you can bypass the Chiron, although this is important to watch the news and keep up what's being reported. But you can actually see what other stories are actually of good interest to you. The podcast comes out every Friday, actually, but it's released technically on Saturday. So look forward to coming to your news feed and you can of course, subscribe to it anywhere your pods can be found and find it on in the home of This is the Conversation, thisisconversation.com. Thank you so much for joining us for all the great things. Look for ways that you can support us and keep this thing a rocking and rolling, especially checking out our sponsors. That's the basic thing right there. And, of course, subscribing and listening to every single episode in totality, in full, as it comes down the line. Join us again next week as we go through the next batch of stories from 10 to 1 that you say are more important than anything else that's being fed through by the mainstream media choice of your choice. It's coming from This Is A Conversation's weekly wrap-up show as presented by thisisaconversation.com.